Hi, it's your Life Relations Ambassador, and this is our first episode, Wuhan and Back. A little bit about myself. Um, originally from Houston, Texas. I've uh, been in education about 10 years, although I've worked um, other areas of higher education and student affairs. I really have a passion for teaching and teaching others. I also am an insurance agent and I love to write, to sing. I love, love, love cooking. And of course, my family is everything. I, I have always loved to travel and my travels are exactly what took me to China. Um, it was a little bit um, after I had gotten a divorce and I just needed a change of scenery. So I said, you know what, let's hit the reset button. And I pretty much packed up everything I had and moved to China in 2018. And we loved it. My kids loved it. I loved it. The culture, just the nature, um, the atmosphere there, the the people are so amazing, so much like us. Um, it's really a small world. Once you start traveling, you realize how much in common you have with other people, other cultures. In some way, we're all connected. And not only that, I met more than just the Chinese. I met people who were from Barbados, Jamaica, all different parts of Africa, people from Europe, the UK, Ireland, Scotland, Australia, just beautiful people who were all in China for one purpose, and that was to be entrepreneurs and to just empower their economy and also to educate. So it was really a great opportunity for me to not only go and work as an educator, but also to network and just really meet people with the same uh, like-minded uh, people like myself. So, um, so me going to Wuhan was really a wonderful experience because I had never, like most people, heard of Wuhan before I received the job offer. And once I received the job offer, we did a lot of searching on the internet and we found, okay, this is an interesting place. You know, it's it's in Asia, on the continent of Asia. <clears throat> and there was a part of the country world I had never been to. I'd been to Africa, I'd been to a lot of places in the US, I'd been to Mexico, but never Asia. So just being there in China, really opened my eyes to a lot of things in the world <laughs> and really misconceptions about uh, Chinese people. And it really taught me a lot about myself as well. So that is a little bit about me. And I feel like my life has kind of been a culmination of me just being an adventurous person, willing to take risks. Uh, and trying new things and not limiting myself 
uh, because of circumstances or because of things that I or people who said I couldn't or shouldn't do it. So I really stepped out of the boat when I decided to go to China and just being there with those children, uh, teaching them every day. They were some amazing, brilliant, hardworking, hard, hardworking students. Um, they just love to learn and that's just a part of the culture. Education is a huge part of Chinese culture and it was really vastly different from America. So I'm sure this is not what y'all want to hear about. I know you want to hear about the coronavirus, but uh, it's really more to China than, than just the coronavirus. So I just want to let you know that, you know, although China may not have the same kind of government we have, when it gets down to the core of the people, to the heart of the people, they are beautiful, accepting, loving people. So I always tell people don't just take the media's word for for it about China. So, and you know, go explore it for yourself. Ask somebody who's Chinese. And a wonderful thing about going to Wuhan, coming back, I've already met um, maybe two or three people who had been to that city as well. Even now, where I work, one of the teachers who teach Mandarin class is from Wuhan. So it's just been a wonderful experience. Uh, for me overall and I definitely plan on returning there um, as soon as I can like I said I picked up everything and I moved there in an effort to just make a new start fresh start just clean slate just you know for me and my family but coronavirus oh gosh the coronavirus really virus really did um, it really took me by surprise because, you know, of course we had been there a year and a half and then we had come home for summer vacation, had gone back and China has a true four season. So by, um, you know, the first day of fall, it's fall, you know, the temperature changes, you see the leaves changing colors, you really get to experience the four seasons living there. And, you know, the people, a lot of people uh, we're starting to get sick and go in the hospital. And this was probably around, I would say, November, October. I would say in October, because we got back in, I got back in July and we started school August. And then so around October, we realized a lot of people had gotten sick and going in the hospital and really had not thought anything of it outside of you know wow it's a lot of people getting sick this year and people were going to the hospital and we would ask them what was wrong and they would say oh well the doctor said we had pneumonia and so I'm like this is unusual you know you don't have a flu it's not a stomach virus it's just pneumonia and not even just you know a mild pneumonia it was to the point that people were in the hospital for weeks at a time you know, with pneumonia. So they had to be there on IV medications with pneumonia. <clears throat> it's taking leave from work. So it really struck a red flag with me. And then myself, um, I, I ended up having surgery, but it was not because I got sick or anything with pneumonia. I actually ended up having to have gallbladder surgery. But while I was there in the hospital, 
um, I did get a fever. Like I had a fever, but, uh, and so they started medicating me, gave me antibiotics, and within two days, I was fine. So I never thought anything of it. I just thought maybe because of the procedure they were doing, something they gave me caused me to have a spike temperature. I can confirm that I've ever had coronavirus. As far as I know, every time we've been tested, we've tested negative. So from there, November comes around. And I, my position I was in as an academic advisor at the high school, I was planning to take my students on a uh, field trip for a real life experience at, the, at a hotel there. And so in previewing the field trip, we went and the hotel has this very, it's a five-star hotel, has this very luxurious seafood buffet. I mean, right in the heart of Hunko, which was, I then learned after we'd been there, right across the street from the seafood market that was shut down in Wuhan. Um, the day after we had visited the hotel and we had sat there and went to the buffet and boy did we eat um so we sat there at the hotel at the seafood buffet uh this was in november late november and the next day when you get to work there's this medical uh memo like from the government saying please stop eating meat uh refrain from eating meat do not go to this area of town there has been a said uh, viral pneumonia that's going around and we just recommend you start wearing masks. So we recommend everyone wear masks until we understand where this is coming from. So now I'm like, oh gosh, what is this? So, you know, we kept going to work and we just started telling our students, hey, you need to wear masks. Now at this point, about two weeks later, lots of the kids were coming to school they lived on campus. They were in boarding school. So the school I, I worked at was a boarding school. And, and the kids were coming to school sick. Some of them had fevers, coughing, sweating profusely, um, just, you know, just congested, just constantly coughing, sneezing. Um, and because they were in boarding school and because of the Chinese culture has this very deep belief in education, they did not believe in missing class. They Students just did not want to miss class, okay? So I had students literally coming to class, I mean, just blowing their noses, coughing, sneezing, you know, in the classroom. And I would tell them, hey, go home. You don't look good. You may want to go to the clinic, possibly the hospital. And so I know I had about three or four students in my class who definitely were very sick and who went to the hospital and one student did not even return before our holiday break. He tried to come back to take final exams, but he was just too sick. So at this time, by that time, I guess it was around December because that got really cold. So we were into flu season because now it was winter and in China there's a Chinese New Year and we have this huge uh, winter break to celebrate not, uh, Chinese New Year. And uh, so everyone travels. And so we had made travel plans to go to Thailand for vacation because Thailand is a short four-hour flight from Wuhan. And it was somewhere we can go that was not too expensive. And so we could spend time there and it was warm. And at that time in Wuhan, when it gets to December, January, it's 
it's 30, 20 degrees every day, even sometimes colder, it's snowing. So we were just trying to get out of the cold for vacation. So I recently booked my flight to leave Wuhan on January, I think like the 28th or 25th. And we got out of school on June 17th. So I end up, one night I was looking at our flight plans. My daughter was like, Liz, can we leave early, please? And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, you know, leaving early, it might cost more. She's like, please, 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 I'm going to leave early. We're not going to have anything to do. It's so cold. It's supposed to snow. So my daughter asked me to push up our flight. So I ended up going online and I pushed our flight up to January 21st. Okay. And so, as you know, we later found out Wuhan was shut down January 22nd. Okay. And it never reopened for 75 days. So we... So we finally started hearing, getting all these notices in our phone because WeChat is kind of like the means of which people shop, buy, get news. And so we started getting all these, excuse me, messages on our phone about, you know, being cautious, about going out. And, you know, people were sending messages about the meat and this virus, this, this pneumonia is spreading because uh, people are butchering rats and they're eating bats. And two of the things, you know, we would never seek after to eat. But the thing was, is people, the market, they were butchering, supposedly, I can't confirm or deny, so I don't want to, you know, say that it was, but, you know, they were supposedly butchering the meat the rat or bats in the same place they were butchering chicken, fish, beef, pork, and all other meats. They weren't sanitizing the area. So if anybody's ever seen an open-air butcher market in another country, it's nothing like when you go to H-E-B and you ask for your, um, you know, a leg of lamb to be sliced, you know, thin or cut into four pieces. No, you literally see a half a rack of a pig or a portion of a cow hanging from a meat hook, and they just, it's out in the open, flies can fly on it, anything that's there, it's exposed to open air. So imagine a meat market, you know, and they they have a chopping block, they hack the meat off the animal that's hanging on a meat rack, they hack it off, put on a chopping block, chop it up, chop it up to your liking, and they put it in a bag, plastic bag, and give it to you. And, um, that, that that's just the normal thing, you know? And we ate it all the time. Um, a lot of time we had, I would go to the Western markets and get packaged meat because I just did not like, like the open air, unsanitary conditions that it looked to me, okay? But the Chinese people ate that meat all the time. I'm sure the restaurants, that was where they got their meat. So, yeah, so after that, after going to the hotel and then coming back, all of a sudden, by the time January came around, um, people just were acting like everything was normal, nothing was being said, everything was hush hush, and then all of a sudden, all of these um, military medical protocols came about at airports. So, the week before we were going to leave, we started seeing news about you have to have your temperature checked 
uh, upon entering the airports. You will have your temperature checked upon boarding the plane. You'll have your temperature checked upon, uh, you know, getting off the plane. And when you get to the other country, they'll be checking your temperature. Uh, so we were just like, what is going on here? You know, and they were like, if you have a fever, you will not be allowed to board the plane. You will not be allowed to leave the country. And so I was just really at that point, like, oh God, you know, just hope nobody gets sick, nobody gets a fever. And so it was really crazy. And um, so what I ended up doing was we got packed, we got to the airport and I was just, I was just like dosing my kids with vitamin C at that time. We were already taking it, but I was like, take this medicine. So give them vitamin C, you know, giving them anything I could think of to make sure they didn't get sick, basically. Um, some herbal medicines. And we boarded the plane. We got off in Thailand. By the time we boarded the plane in Thailand and got off the plane, they were doing full body thermal scanning for fever in Thailand. And if you got off of that plane and your temperature was a certain degrees, I forget what it was, it was something like 99.6 or something. It wasn't even a 100, 100 degree temperature. You were pulled aside. You were pulled aside for a full medical exam and were not allowed to enter into Thailand. And so 